Happy Valentine's Day. I actually love this day, but I haven't always. And I know many of you are like me, where this day can sometimes be filled with dread and anxiousness. And maybe it's because of the expectations, the roses, the chocolates, the sweet messages of love, the dinner, or whatever it might entail. One particular Valentine's Day, I was feeling really left out and just wanting the day to pass. All of my friends were getting their love notes and their roses and going out with their boyfriends, and I felt so alone and so isolated. In the middle of my pity party, a rose was delivered with a sweet note. I was shocked. I opened it up, and it was actually from my dad, who just said, Catherine, I love you, and more importantly, God loves you. Look for his love notes throughout the day. As I focused on God's love notes, I actually have begun to love this season. And what better week to talk about God's love than this? Hi, and welcome to Magnify. We are a podcast that helps keep general conference top of mind without adding to your to-do list. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a big football fan who loves God. And I am so excited to learn and be inspired with you. We know life is busy and we are here to lighten the load by bringing you weekly spiritual reminders that will leave you feeling a little bit better than before. I'm joined today by Reina Aborto as we share our thoughts about the languages of gospel love. Reina is a linguist who owns a translation company with her husband. She loves to make friends, including dogs, and her time serving in the General Release Society presidency has led to some amazing stories that we get to learn from today. Reina, I know you wanted to start off with a story about your neighbor, Seth. Can you tell us about Seth? Yes, well, Seth was about six years old at the time. And this was when I was uh, about to give my first um, general conference talk, you know, the first time I received that assignment from the presidency. And because his family was very close to us, they knew that I was going to speak. So I was walking on the hall in our meeting house, and then Seth saw me, and then he asked me, actually, he said, yes, who's speaking at general conference? And I said, who? And he said, you, Sister Alberto. And then he said with this softest voice and sweetest voice, he said, and I'm praying for you, Sister Aborto. I'm praying very hard. And that just melted my heart. You know, I felt so much love from this six-year-old. And knowing that he was praying for me gave me, gave me strength and gave me hope that I was going to do a good job delivering that message because it's always very, it's scary to do that, as you can imagine. I can't imagine. I can only, <laughs> I can begin to to feel how scary that would be. But what a simple yet beautiful illustration of that first language Elder Gong mentions, the language of warmth and reverence. How would you describe, Rena, the language of warmth and reverence? I think it's just trying to, to, to be willing to let other people know that you care about them and to, to help them feel the love of God you. It's that simple, you know, if we have that desire, if we start our day with that and include that in our prayers to ask Heavenly Father to give us that opportunity to help us find someone who needs to know that they are loved, that they are that you love them, that you care about them, and that they have a father in heaven who loves them. 
with a perfect love. I think that is that simple. And we find those opportunities over and over again looking for them. Well, this leads to your story about a Relief Society c- class in Calgary. Yes. This happened in, 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 in Calgary, Alberta, and in Canada. I went there for, for a weekend on an assignment. And on Sunday, I, I attended a Relief Society class. At the end of the, of the lesson, I, 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 they asked me to give a short message. And I remember getting up and just telling the sisters how much uh, our presidency loved them, and that we would pray for them. And, and then I gave them a, a very brief message. But I felt prompted to tell those sisters, please, sisters, don't give up. Don't, whatever you do, don't give up on your faith. Uh, keep trying. Keep trying and keep having the desire to follow Jesus Christ. Keep having faith in him. And as I was saying that, you know, I said, don't give up many times. There was a sister in the front row who started bawling. She, she started crying. And I could tell that she was going through a hard time. I could tell that probably she was about to give up her faith. I really don't know. But I just went to her and I, we embraced. I don't remember telling her a lot. Maybe I just told her, God loves you. The Savior loves you. Please don't give up. And we just stayed there for, I don't know how long, but it was interesting because I could feel the love of God for her. And I, and I hoped and I was praying in that moment that he could also feel it. So that, that was a beautiful moment for me. I will never forget what I felt at that time. Well, what did you learn from that experience? Um, I think that what I learned is that Heavenly Father is aware of all of his children. And that if we are willing, you know, we can be instruments in his hands to let other people know that he is aware of them. It was very simple, and it, it can happen, you know, anywhere uh, with anybody that we can just do that with those means to, to to help them know that they're loved. So that that was the the, the most important feeling that I I had, and the, the lesson that I learned that God is aware of His children, each of them, and He knows what they need. Well, to me, when I get to be God's hand, I get to see His hand. And that to me is miraculous. That when I pray to hopefully share his love, um, that I get to see it. I get to feel his love for others. And, and sometimes that's a little overwhelming and so humbling to know that he knows exactly what each individual needs. And how amazing to be in an audience of, I don't know how many women were there. But there was a message that this particular woman needed to hear, and he knew that, and he inspired you to share that message. Maybe it was for other people, but I like to believe that some messages are just for me. Yes, yes, that's what I, I felt also, Catherine, and I, I learned also that I need to follow those prompts, you know, when the Spirit is telling me, say this. <laughs> And uh, it's something that is in the language of love. You know, we are all learning that, that language like Elder God said. Well, I truly believe that that is one of the ways where we can see God's hand. And like my dad called them, God's love notes. 
is if we open our eyes and see it through other people. But I also believe that one of the ways that we can feel of God's love and see his love notes is in this in the language of service and sacrifice. What does this language mean to you? Well, to me, it means that um, I need to be aware. I need to try to have the Spirit with me, you know, do all those things, simple things that I can do to have the Spirit with me so He can guide me to people that probably need to hear or to receive those notes from God. And the beautiful thing is that I know that we are, you know, close to, to Valentine's Day, but it doesn't need to happen only during this time of the year, but every day of our lives, we can be the means to the messengers with, with those notes from God letting other people know. So I, I just need to be aware. I need to be uh, worthy of the Spirit and to try to be alert in those promptings. Well, what experiences have you had with this language of service and sacrifice? And I, I was thinking about, you know, the time when I joined the church. Of course, I was new. I was 26 at the time. And... Uh, there were so many things that I, uh, they were not part of my life. For example, um, speaking in public or, or teaching a lesson, uh, I received those assignments pretty much. Soon after I was baptized, I received callings and assignments, and I was, didn't know exactly what where they were, so how to do them. But uh, one of those first assignments was to speak in sacrament meeting, and I didn't have any clue how to do it. But uh, this sweet sister in, in that branch, she was a branch in San Francisco, a Spanish branch in San Francisco where I joined the church. She knew that I, I had that assignment and she lovingly, in a, such a sweet way, she actually helped me write my talk. She didn't write it for me. <laughs> she helped me find my scripture yeah. verse, you know, that I could use. And she also asked me questions so I could come up with a story or something from my life. And then she guided me through that, through that process. And, it, it, you know, it was over the phone. So it, we were not even <laughs> together, but she called me and she said, do you need help? I can probably help you. And, and I said, yes, I'm desperate. I, I'm desperate for help. And she helped me. And, and that, that simple act of service that probably took maybe just 10, 15 minutes, it meant so much for me. Because it gave me some confidence, you know, and the trust that uh, I was receiving revelation from God. And it helped me uh, accomplish that assignment that I was given that was so scary for me. I remember that we even had some little groups that we would get together every Monday. We would have like family home meeting together. And for a long time, I had not done it with my family. You know, I lived with my mother and my son and uh, my, my brother and sisters who were teenagers back then. And I did, we didn't know how to do uh, a family home evening. And they, that little group that was formed, they formed different groups in the branch. And, and we took turns, like I said, having family home evenings in different homes. It was just eye-opening for me because I realized that it was not that complicated. I thought it was something different. But then once I realized how it was done, we could, we could start doing it by ourselves. You know, after a few weeks to we get with that group. And as such, that was such a big blessing. So sometimes we assume that people know how hmm. to do things, especially when they're new members, they need help from us. And we, I'm sure that we can always find those people that need that help in, in how to speak the language 
of the gospel and how to do those little things that we don't know how to do because we didn't grow up in the church. Well, I even think whether we're a new member or an old member, right? There are so many things that maybe we think we're failing at or that we're not understanding the importance of that and the power of just taking a few moments and and sharing with you something that you could do, but you thought was insurmountable at first. No, that I just remember something that actually my husband and I did just in the recent launch last year. Uh, a friend of ours, she started a group so we could do the self-reliance workshop that has to do with uh, emotional resilience, you know, how to find strength in the Lord. So oh, yeah. she put together a group of friends and we did it together. We took turns doing it in our homes. And, uh, and I realized that we don't need to wait for leaders to actually start something like that. that we could do it ourselves mm-hmm. and use these resources. And it was so amazing. I mean, we, we were like five couples doing it together. And all of us, at the end, we just testified of how important it was to do that. It really changed our lives. It changed the way we look at things. And hopefully it gave us some tools, some spiritual tools that we can use to be more resilient. So those little things that you can do, that sometimes we think that we need to wait for this, for the stake or the word to do them. Well, what does that teach you about God's love language there? Well, that he gives us resources that sometimes they are in front of our eyes and we don't know. And sometimes, you know, we, we want to solve things ourselves, our way. But there are so many things that he has provided for us to help us in, in, in everyday challenges. You know, the scriptures, the talks from our general leaders, our friends, the, the Holy Ghost, our covenants, you know, that help us uh, by, by giving us that strength, that power that we need, and knowing that God is on our side. Well, it just reminds me of that verse from Alma where it says that, the, that God will provide a way. And most of the time, it's not in the way that we're looking for or the way that's expected, but he will always provide a way. And I think that's so important is sometimes we've got to be the ones to take that first step, to take that first initiative, and and it will be there. I think of Nephi traveling in the wilderness and they were given raw meat to eat. It was probably not exactly what they wanted or what they were expecting, but God answered their prayer and made the meat sweet unto them. But we have to look for his hand and we have to see that he will provide, but he's going to provide. I like, like what you said, that a lot of the things are already in place. He's providing us with, with service opportunities and with curriculum and things that are already set up. And can we just step into that? and see God's hand and feel of his love for us through programs and practices and people. Yes. That, that experience with my friends was so amazing because we, we cried together many times. We heard the stories that we didn't know, you know, that some of them had gone through hard things and were going through hard things that we didn't know. And it was a way for us to, to support each other. Well, it is a reminder of what Elder Gong said when he said, we should not underestimate the impact that small acts of service have on others. And what a powerful and important reminder. And can we talk about the language of covenant belonging? How would you describe that language, Reina? I believe that it is knowing that uh, when we have made covenants with God, 
we, like President Nelson said, we enter into a different relationship with him. That um, we have made this two-way promise, you know, that we have promised that we're going to do certain things, but we also received this promise that he will help us. I, ha- I can remember the experience that I had years ago. We attended this board and um, there was a couple in there. The sister actually joined the church after a few months of attending. And uh, and her husband didn't. He didn't get baptized, but he would come to church with her. And he had such a good attitude. He was very, very people-oriented. He would say hello to everyone. And there were some people that didn't even know that he was not a member because he was so... You could tell that he felt right, that he belonged there. It was very pleasant. Um, and it took him a, a few years. I can't remember how many, but it was at least three or four years for him to finally decide to get baptized. My husband, Carlos, and I, we could not attend his, his baptismal mouth service. We really wanted to be there, but I cannot remember what we had. But we saw him uh, the next day you know, on Sunday. We were so happy to go and greet him and tell him that we were excited and happy for him and all of this. And then when we got home, Carlos and I looked at each other and we said, did you notice? Uh, brother so-and-so, I don't even remember his last name now, but and Carlos said, yes, I noticed something is different about him. You know, he was always happy and he always had this beautiful personality, but that day he had a different light on his face, on his whole being. And and it was, it was uh, amazing for us to see how tangible that change was. And so this brother immediately, of course, he had callings and he grew so fast in, in the gospel. But then about a year or two after that, they went back to, to Argentina and we heard that he had been called as a bishop not too long after they arrived there. And uh, it, was, it was beautiful to see that change in him. It was not a drastic change in his, the way he acted, but it was just in his countenance. And I'm sure that he received uh, so much power from just, just making that covenant and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost as well. That allowed them also to, to, to actually be endowed and be sealed in the temple before they left to Argentina. And, and, and to see them grow and, and to start and, and stay in that covenant path, it, it was such a, such a beautiful experience. I will never forget what I felt when I saw him. Well, Raina, I think you have such a unique perspective because you've been able to travel around the globe and speak with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in every country and see people doing their best to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And as you've seen and interacted with people all over, what is it that you feel unites us? Or what similarity do you see in how God speaks or loves all of us? I think that um, we have something in common. That is our, our divine nature. You know, the, 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 the fact that we each of us is a child of God. And I have been able to see that as I traveled around the world and, uh, you know, interacted with different people, uh, all kinds of people from members and non-members and and to and to see that every child of God has so much worth 
and we are all different and unique and special, and uh, we are all trying to do our best to provide for ourselves and our families, you know, everywhere we are. And I could feel that love from God uh, for them. Uh, I remember that that was a prayer that I always had in my heart from the beginning when I had that calling with really society at the general level. I, I would pray for, for love. I would tell Heavenly Father, please bless me with love towards people. I want, I want to feel part of your love. Allow me to feel that. And he blessed me with that. And you know what is beautiful, Catherine? <laughs> that I still feel it. I still feel it even now after it was released. Do you? Yes. Can you can you think of an instance or a time or an encounter where you definitely felt of God's love for that individual? Well, it just happened even uh, this last December. We, we, we have, uh, my family and I, we went to Cancun, Mexico. And I remember one morning we came to this restaurant, you know, and we started talking to the person, uh, the, the manager in there. It was uh, a young woman probably her 30s, and she told us that she was from Argentina, so she had been in Mexico for a few years, you know, and she was working there. And then we felt so much connection with her. <laughs> it was amazing. We were there, you know, just for our, our breakfast. We didn't spend a lot of time, but just by interacting with her, at the end, when we were leaving, I gave her a hug, and she was surprised, you know, because probably not all of their customers did them hugs. But I gave her a hug, and we connected in such a beautiful way. And I could feel how special she is, that she's a special daughter of our Heavenly Father. I probably will never see her again. Her name is Iris. And, uh, but I felt connected with her just by having that interaction, asking her about herself and her life and her family in Argentina. I think that it's, it's so easy to connect with other people. You know, sometimes we overcomplicate it, I think. but. We can just keep finding ways to connect with each other in simple ways. Well, I think that's what these love languages are all about, is feeling seen by our Heavenly Father. And as you've learned about these love languages, why do they matter to you, Reina? I, I think they matter because we all need to know that, uh, that we are loved by, by our neighbor and by our Heavenly Father, by our Savior. So it's important that we don't miss any opportunity to let other people know with that language of love that they are loved and they are appreciated and seen. And I also think that we also, like he said, you know, he, he asked us to be patient with each other as we learn new languages of love. And I think that we need to be patient with each other. It just reminds me uh, again of my of my dad. I was looking for the roses. I was looking for the chocolates. I was looking for the little card or the dinner to feel that love. But he will show us his love. And often it's through these love languages, which I think is so important to understand and really internalize. So is God loving us through warmth and reverence? Is he loving us through covenant belonging? Is he showing us his love through service and sacrifice? It's kind of puts a new meaning for me to how to look for God's love and how to notice that he's showing me his love. Yes. Yes. I agree totally. Just keep looking for, we need to keep looking for those, for those notes that he's sending us. I think it's so important to be able to share those notes and just like 
That note changed everything for me that day from my dad. I think we can see miracles and work wonders in our lives and in other people's lives when we're willing to share. And I know on the Magnify community, we are going to be sharing love notes with others throughout the week. So we'd love for you to get on Instagram and share your love notes with others. See God's hand in your life and see where others are acting through God and showing you his love. Rena, you are the best. Thank you. Thank you. This has been really a great conversation. So thank you so much.